I was going to put is. on my headphones, and then I realized I didn't need the headphones. You don't. Nobody is zooming in. We, I don't do Zoom shit. No. Although we Zoom with other people when we do your up-to-date cinephile. Yeah. We do, uh, we do Zoom. People Zoom in um, over my objections. <laughs> Everyone must be here. Oh, this oh this is for this. this yeah, is, yeah, you put it on the thing. For a second I thought it was like Kodachrome. I thought I thought we were gonna have a slideshow. <laughs> I thought we could do a little slideshow. Yeah. Did did you hear I heard the funniest story um about so there there's a tradition apparently of vice presidents and presidents having a weekly lunch. Sure. And Biden did it with Obama and so Biden carried it forward to doing it with Kamala. But apparently their their lunches have gotten less frequent and one of the reasons oh. is that what they would do during their lunches Biden would subject I, I don't know this is like something I heard someone talking about uh, <laughs> somewhere. So who knows if this is true or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who really cares? It's funny and it's believable is that they would subject Biden would subject her to like a slideshow of what they had done the past week. <laughs> Just like oh a my. White House photography slideshow. Which is just something I can 100% envision. Yes, absolutely. Like that. that does there. sound true. And then with there, her, like you can only there, force there's, laughter there's every me. so often. There's me with uh, Jimbo. Yeah, <laughs> my buddy Jimbo. Secretary of something. I don't know. This is me who's this guy? using the toilet. That would, that would be fun. Well, it's Trump who's into toilets, right? He's, That's true. It, where he had the, the bathroom with the documents had that insane, like, low-to-the-ground throne of a toilet, I right? Know. Which was one of the more bizarre features of a just a bizarre man. I mean, uh, you know, you take it back to the Johnson years and have uh, meetings on the toilet. You well, know? yes. I mean, yeah, he, he was a, just got to do that. But, I, you know... It's very interesting, right, to think about him, though, because at least he was attempting to be some sort of agent in the world, right? He was trying to do something, right? Whatever you think about what he was trying to do, he saw himself as an agent. He was trying to do something. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's less clear to me who these people are or what they do. I I I don't look at either Trump or Biden or DeSantis or Kamala or whoever, Vivek. And think, here is someone who sees themselves as some sort of um, world historic figure who's going to change the world by dint of their plans and ambition and skill. Yeah. Which I think is what Lyndon Johnson thought, right? Oh, and for sure. Well, we, and we talked about this. I think him, him and Nixon are the two last people to have that job who sort of felt that way about themselves. That you could like, do something with the, that office and yeah, with me, that power. Yeah, me. I have got me. the power and I'm going to do, I'm going to change the world yeah. with my power. That seems, whatever these people think now, it's not, I mean, clearly the President of the United States is a very powerful person, right, sure. by any yeah. measure. Uh, but this idea, <laughs> you okay over there, buddy? I'm getting attacked by uh, banana bread. Attacked by banana bread. That's actually, <laughs> that's actually next week's movie, Attack of the Banana Bread. It's a... It's a little uh, indie. Is that the villain of the film. Mission Impossible series now? God, I mean, I hear it's an AI. Like, sure. I hear the villain is sure. An AI. A- Alan Iverson. It's Alan Iverson. <laughs> that's the big. That's the big reveal. Well, speaking of great basketball player cameos, I didn't know I, who this was. I know, but I, I, I was know like, that that's a basketball you player. won't know who that is. I have no idea. But Southern California's own Baron Davis. So I've seen play at the Drew League, which is the. You know, there's these summer basketball leagues. Mm. Like they have one at Rucker Park in New York. Yeah. Uh, there's um, and there's one in Los Angeles called the Drew League. Played at the King King Drew Magnet School down uh, in South LA, which I have been to, which I've seen Baron Davis play, which Baron Davis regularly plays at Los Angeles' own Baron Davis. 
in what I'm going to say is a bit of a star turn. I thought he was quite entertaining uh, in his role. He was. I mean, there's not much to the role, but uh, uh, I thought he. I thought he comes in and adds a little, a little something, a little, a little spice, a little joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. Uh, yeah, we're, ta- I, we're talking about Joyride, ladies and joy gentlemen. We're talking ride. about Joyride. We're taking a, you on a joyride with us. Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully. Oh, oh, every episode with us is a joyride. <laughs> Although we will not uh, be doing sex in this episode, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think it's there yet. I mean, if, if the cocaine breaks out, one of us gets horny, like in this movie. Yeah, then, uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we all know that Kyle's a big drug guy. He's a big cocaine guy. Oh, yeah. He's always he mountain always, mountains. He, he, he always does a couple rails before we we press the button to record this thing. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it fucking live. uh, Let's do it live. Let's do it live. You are looking live. So we're talking about Joyride. If we want to talk about Joyride. I mean, you want to just talk about what you're feeling. You want to talk about life. You want to talk about uh, the mysteries of the universe. You want to talk about... What's it? We could talk about... We already talked a little bit about presidents. News is boring. (laughs) The news is always boring these it days. Particularly is. We could talk about our thoughts about Janet Yellen going to Beijing. We could talk about yeah. um, talk about summer league basketball. Summer league. We've established you're a big basketball fan with your Huge. love for Baron Davis. Yes, I'm still unsure who he is. He's a basketball player. He's <laughs> a pretty team? good. He's a pretty good. What, no, he doesn't. He's from LA. He from played LA. for a number of teams. He's not playing in the NBA currently. He's he's done oh, with that. Okay. What, who, what was the okay, big who do you play with? Who do you play with? Uh, we'll have to look it up. We'll have to okay. look it up. Well then, all right. but uh, but he's uh he he is a he is an Angelino. He's a native Angelino, and he's in this movie, uh, which is. I don't know. I get to say, maybe I'm going to like this one more than you. I, I enjoyed it. I found this movie to be enjoyable. Well, and it's not it's, it's, unenjoyable. It's got. I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, I I can I can come up with a lot of issues with it, but I will say that from the moment it opens up, so I'm old. So let, let, let me let me date myself and give you a little. I like to let people behind the curtain. I know that you all want to know more about me. I love to talk about myself. It's one of the. One of the few subjects, maybe the only, like Kyle does know about movies, contrary to, contra the name of his podcast. He knows, he does know about movies. I don't know so much about movies. I know something about myself. The first concert, I went to a lot of concerts with my parents. My dad is a musician, so I grew up around a lot of music. My dad's a blues singer, songwriter, and he also produced some some music for, for other people and for his friends. So I grew up around a lot of music. Owned a, owned a studio, was part owner of a studio for a while. So I went to a lot of concerts with them, a lot of rock concerts, contemporary concerts. But the first concert I went to by myself, or not by myself, but with my friends, with a friend of mine and his older siblings, actually, or older cousins, maybe, yeah, was a double bill of Big Head Todd and the Monsters and the Dave Matthews Band. Now, the Dave Matthews Band had just had What Would You Say kind of become a hit. This is like 95. Uh-huh. So they had just, they were not yet what they would become, which sure. is a sort of a, a juggernaut, a, a kind of, they are that. a kind of arena stadium festival rock juggernaut, which they would later become before becoming, I guess they've, they've sort of aged into a kind of Grateful Dead-ish almost quality where they're a jam band. They still tour around. They, they, they have a, a dedicated following of a lot of people, yeah. but aren't, they yeah. aren't, they aren't the sort of, um, 
mass cultural phenomenon they once were, but they, this was the beginning of what would you say was really their their first big single, Under the Table and Dreaming, was their first big album. And this was that time in the mid-90s where radio still mattered. There was such a thing as alternative radio. And that song was ubiquitous. And another song that became ubiquitous was Ants Marching, which this movie opens up with. Yeah. And uh, which pleased me, right? Because it was it was immediately it immediately contextualized that moment and tied it to my own life and my own recollections. Take you back to that Took moment. Took me back to, to that, that moment, time. to that place. It started in 1998, so yeah. Yeah, and uh, although I did not grow up in um, in the Seattle or area, so I grew up in the Phoenix area, which is a very different kind of place. But I did. Um, it did have that quality of situating me in that moment there is a time in 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 uh that the strange mid 90s which is a time that is still very weird to think about the the the, the 90s are still the the very weird decade and when i think about often the decade of my youth uh the brief interim between the fall of the berlin wall and 9 11 where it's not clear what we cared about or what we were worried about or, you know, the biggest stories were of that decade were Monica Lewinsky and O.J. Simpson. Yes. Yeah. Which is hard Huge. to hard to imagine. I know. Given what we now encounter. live in and encounter. It's it's almost all the, those stories. But every week, every day, there's just it's it's an onslaught. It's just ever going. It's funny. It opens with Dave Matthews band. Right. Yeah. That's the song. Duh. And dun, dun, dun. I'll do a little backup for you. Dun, dun, dun. And later in the dun, in the movie, dun, she doesn't mention Dave Matthews Band, but they make fun of her for being kind of the white Asian and her music. Yeah, yeah, taste. Her, yeah. She she lists at some point later to mock her um her extremely white music tastes. She what did she name the National? The Nash, yeah, the National Mumford, Mumford and, and Sons. Sons. <laughs> and, and then uh, mentions Cardi B because she she starts to realize yes. that she's yeah. a little too white because she goes to Taylor Swift. And she's like, what, I Car- Cardi B? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Tay-Tay, she's a big Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. Although everyone, I guess, is a Taylor Swift fan now. I um, suppose. I, I am not. I am not. She has become a world bestriding colossus. She is. I, she she has is a become colossus. a world bestriding colossus in a way that I didn't think we could create anymore. No, we need to take her down. We need to. Take but I just. Down. I thought that was done. Like I thought. I thought that. that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That like Madonna, Michael Jackson level stars were kind of yeah billions gone. of dollars in like you know generating and and the the, the tour like, and just like how the you can't tour. get tickets even though it's in stadiums you can't get tickets they cost a bajillion dollars they break the primary market they break the secondary market like they can't. It's um people people can't remember they have amnesia they have concert amnesia. <laughs> but you didn't read this article. You didn't read this article. No. I, I see. That's funny because I think of you as being more online than I am, and uh, I felt like this was one of these things that had its moment oh, in please. bouncing around social media. <laughs> concert amnesia. Well, yes, there was there were there were certain number of fans. <laughs> this got written up by someone I don't know who who were in such like ecstasy that they forgot because well, they, they you know you go to this event and you think it's. So important. It's the most important thing. You know, you're looking forward to it, whatever. And then you get home, and you're like, I can't even remember what happened. But it was weird because it sounded like kind of a normal thing. Like if you go have like a, go to like you've been to plenty of concerts, right? Some of them are quite long. Yes, yeah. And if it's an intense yeah. experience, and you might come back and think, man, what did I just go through? This is true of all kinds of intense experiences, right? You might come back at the end of a long day of doing something really intense and be like, what even just happened then? And it could feel like splotchy in your memory. Sure. Right? 
I don't know. I have really good memory when it comes to experiences like that, mostly because I am. I, I, it's, it's not one of those things where I'm just lost in the, in, in, in the emotion. I am deeply engaged. And so, I mean, I, it, to You're not think like about, these fucking Taylor Swift fans. No, what just is that? Black out. They, just black, they out. black out until come some like transcendence. I mean, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe that's the true way to enjoy a concert. I, th- I think that, I think there's a lot of different, you know, we're all on our own personal road to Damascus, and it looks different for each one of us. That's like that's like people fainting at the Beatles and stuff like that. Like I, I, I'm, I am surprised that 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 happens. But I, I do get there is something, you know, about being swept up in an experience, right? Where sure. people want it, but I guess maybe they want it so much, but it also there's also this other countervailing pressure, like you have to like really take it all in and and hold it in your memory because it's such a special moment. I don't know. Which which is sort of which is sort of yeah. contrary to a kind of ecstatic experience, right? Sure. Where, yeah. Where it might not encode in your brain in the same way, right? If you're having some sort of ecstatic experience, you it might be harder for you to encode it and give a kind of blow by blow of what happened because it was so deeply felt, right? Yeah. That it was not like oh, first we did this and then we did that and then she played this song and then played that song. It was some sort of quasi religious or ecstatic experience. But we're. T- I feel like it's funny, right? We're going. We're going a lot of different places. Uh, I didn't have an ecstatic experience watching uh, Joyride, <laughs> no, al- although no. some of the characters had moments of ecstasy, which I thought was Certainly nice. Did. I mean, I mean, there was there was actually sex in the movie. Yeah, kind, kind of. of. Yeah, kind of. Oh, there wasn't for an R rated. It was really kind of tame at times. I. I I don't know. I, I felt resistance. Like, I, and this is with comedy in general. This is not on Joyride. This is not on anybody within it. I actually think, given the parameters, given the culture, given what we, we allow these days in the sense of comedy, even embedded in this movie, you have this acknowledgement that it's hard to do comedy. You can't say it. Like, in the beginning, the boss is like, I'm an ally. You can't. And the guy's like, you can't say anything these days. Yeah, he's like, shut the fuck up. Kyle or whatever his name is, and I, I feel like it, he was yelling at me. So maybe that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, no, was like, right away you were on the, you were on the back foot. You were on the back no, but foot. the comedy, it's like they want to address it, get it out of the way, but also show show your hand that you're not going to really go for it. You, like even even in the comparison, some people have said this is like the Asian bridesmaids, and even in that comparison, you have in like bridesmaids just something that just goes full tilt absurd with everybody getting food sickness and vomiting, shitting, like you know, and and you take it to uh, you know an absurd kind of level, and in this one, yeah, you have the one lead. Ca- I mean, you have the drug. Everyone gets on drugs. Um, which takes an absurd sort of trajectory, but not to the way that I wanted it, and it's kind of cleanly handled. But it's like even in this one, when she's vomiting, they don't even show show her vomiting onto her friend. You just see the aftermath, and I'm just like, uh, you know, I feel like you there's hesitation here. Like you've set up an R-rated comedy with talking about vaginas, talking about dick talking about getting all that stuff you know you know that at one point which which and this is actually a a fun joke when they're like looking at each other and she's like i can translate what am i and she's like look look like read my face and she goes you're thinking about penis right now and she's like yes 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 yes, (laughs) and and you know it shows the fun dynamic between the girls there's actually i think i think the four leads are good 
they're, you know, across the board, good, you know, to having some moments that rise. But I don't know. The material doesn't really rise up to the occasion. I just found myself a little, I, I was like, oh, this is raunchy, yet not. It's kind of sexy at times, yet not. I don't know. Like, there, there's, in, in the same way that when things become so direct, like them doing a performance of wet-ass pussy. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just not, I don't know. Like, are are we beyond the kind of provocative age? Are we beyond, like, a comedic age? Like, I, I mean, comedy still exists out there. There's some great stand-up comics. But I don't know. The realm of the cinema and, and its broadness. Because this is supposed to be broad. Even though it's culturally specific, It's it needs to be broad enough for an audience. And maybe that's to its detriment. Maybe it needed to be really in the camp of its of its culture and its cultural specificity, you know, being an Asian American and what that is like. I don't know, just something about the material didn't work for me, even when the pieces are okay. And I, that that's a kind of hard place to be in and a hard way to to explain. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I mean, there the definitely is a sense that... There's some sort of I don't know, right? I I think that what you're saying part of what resonates with me is I think comedies, I don't know. I think it's hard it's harder to get a laugh out of me these days. Yeah, me too. I don't know if that's I don't know what that is, right? I don't I don't know that I have a good explanation of of what that is. Um I I could sort of reflect on it, right? But but you know I'm gonna try some of this coffee here. Yeah, yeah. Try my, I'm try my coffee. Yours. I mean, I probably shouldn't drink too much of it because I've already drank some. I got Kyle like the fancy sweet coffee this time. I don't think he likes it. He likes. It's he, a little bitter for me, but you're gonna be you're gonna taste it. And you're gonna be like, this is he, so sweet. Kyle, I I I love Kyle. Kyle, I love you. <laughs> you're a great guy. But but, but you're kind of a basic bitch. <laughs> I am a basic bitch when it comes to coffee. You're right. That's not particularly sweet. No, no, I like yeah, it. yeah. I like it, but it's not particularly sweet. No, no, yeah. I mean, but that—that—that's for me. You know, I, I, I don't like I mean, the taste of bitterness. I, mean, I, mean, I don't here, like that. Here's taste. the thing. I guess. So, the movie feels a little bit disjoint. Yes. Yeah. It feels a little bit. You know, we like a short movie. Yeah, but, I was. But it feels. For that. It feels a little bit lacking in some sort of connective tissue. There's one moment in the middle of the movie after the big sex montage where they all have sex with different members of the Baron Davis and the basketball, his basketball team in China. They're all in getting injured. Where, where the main character kind of goes from just being pissed off and unhappy and being in China to being like super happy and yeah. excited about being there. And it just kind of like, like she has like magical sex and then she, she feels high on it and so she now she's into it and it's like oh this is so beautiful this is so great where she was just pissed off and unhappy like basically right before the sex montage yeah and it's not even that that's quite the problem but that is indicative of something that is missing about the story and these characters where they don't kind of flow effectively from no. sort of one state to the other in a they way don't. that 
that really 100% works. It's not logical, at least consistently. Audrey's a good example. You mentioned that she, she this is a woman who is very concerned and how they set it up. By the way, I actually really disliked the setup of the movie, of them becoming best friends and then she's like giving a report about her family and then there's some kids. By the way, believable that some kids would be ignorant and be like, "Where's why don't you look like your family?" But how it's played and then her friend gets up in class and is like, "Are you okay? You don't need to prove anything to them." It's so poorly yeah, that's very, written. That's very, and it's funny, poor, right? Because poor poor poor. Because because the scene, the opening scene where she just like cold cocks the boy is That's much fine. better. That's I thought yes. that was funny. Yeah, that was a good laugh. It's and absurd. It was... It's absurd. Irridiculous. But, and, but it's yeah. but it's not like on the nose and didactic. Yes, because yeah. literally you have like yes, you have some some boys being like, ah, you're you're stupid. Why do you look Asian? Your family's white. <laughs> and then she gets up in front of them, and it's like it's like the conversational equivalent of like the John Wick, like he's killing people and nobody pays attention is happening right in front uh-huh. of them. It's like yeah. they just have like a conversation, like it's an intimate conversation in front of the whole class. And then they do this, like you don't have to prove anything to anyone. And, and then, then they do a montage like, where she like does this stereotypical model minority Asian thing where she's and then she's a, a lawyer. She wins everything, and, and it she just explains where everything. she is now. Yeah. I mean, they make a joke early in the movie about her billing 3,000 hours a year. I mean, to bill 3,000 hours a year, you wouldn't have friends, yeah. right? You would just work. Yeah. Billing 3,000 hours a year means you basically just work. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's what that means. I mean, For sure. Because, because whatever. I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of insane. I mean, people do it, but the people who do it are miserable and never do anything else. And they, they certainly, and, and they, that's they, not and how they, they look, portray they look her. like vampires. Yeah. That's not how they them. portray her. They look I, vampiric. I'm fine with like somebody. They don't see the sun. I think it would have been more interesting if she is a workaholic. And even though her best friend or one of her best friends lives in her backyard, she never sees her, but that's not what's set up. The setup is that she, she works and she kind of has it all. She's able to see her family. She's able to see her friends, but honestly it would have been, more interesting had you set up a division between all of these people in, in the first place that she has not seen them she she has not been engaged and she's a workaholic and that's all she's focused on and because she's only focused on that she is not focused on what do they need how do, can she be a good friend there's all these illusions and direct dialogue references that she's not being a good friend and that she's selfish but honestly there's no real evidence of that it's all just kind of stated and so with Audrey, I, I needed something more. I needed her to be a workaholic. I needed her to be incredibly selfish and um, for her to have an actual change of identity. Instead, it's kind of just just laid out and uh, conveniently laid out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's funny, right? Because I haven't read the article yet, but there is um, the front page of... New York Times art section is all about kind of, I think the headline said something like Asian Americans are ready to be bad or something like that. It's sort of this idea. Beef, joyride, yeah. yeah. Well, but, but I mean, I think one of the best, if not the best movie we saw this, we've seen this year is Past Lives, yeah. right? And yeah. Past Lives is this very, is, is, is mining the same kind of terrain, right? Yes. But to know. a very different kind of, I mean, you get this one very, it's driven by this one very specific, interesting, multifaceted character. Now, we don't need that kind of a character from a comedy, 
But I do agree with you in the sense that, like, one way to have made um, the main character, the Audrey character, a little more interesting would have just been to to scuff her up a little bit yeah. more, right? To make her just kind of actually unpleasant. Unpleasant, yes. Right, yeah. in a way that would have... Because, because it just is... It's a straight... It's a straight model minority joke, right? It's like, look at her. She's the classic model minority Asian American who's going to do everything right and, you know, is is yeah. going to grab every brass ring. And people will kind of look at her, you know, like she's stuck up or that she's not, you know, the, the this sort of people who are more rooted in kind of uh, immigrant culture and not in the kind of striving sort of all-embracing kind of American dream culture of that particular pursuit will look at her like, oh, you yeah. you don't, you want to be white. You don't want to be one of us. <laughs> You're not really one of us, right? So, so I mean, it's, it's, it's all legit in terms of, yeah. I think this shit's real. Yeah. But I, I don't think that it, I mean, to, to me, I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, for, for me, like, I mean, to me, Lolo is the best character. She's well, the yeah. ca- she's the character that I I'm the most interested in. She's the one that I want to spend time with. Uh, that that to me is like because she's she's is, is, but it's also to me. I mean, it's it even if even if some of the material we could wish were better, like to me that's that is a star turn performance like i i think she's gonna i think people are gonna watch that performance and be like yeah, let's get let's get her in something she's the one who's calling everybody out on their crap but she's also a little grounded she's a little provocative in like all the right way you know the the one the easy the ways that are digestible and go down she's not like trying to rough she even talks about her to uh is it Baron Davis? Like she yeah. talks about her philosophy of art. She's like, I'm not trying to provoke. I'm trying to get the conversation started. And I think with a character like that, you are kind of getting a conversation started. It's, um, you know, especially because culturally, uh, obviously they even, they even address that, how, how closed off people are uh, in, in Asian countries about sex and that being kind of publicized to be body positive where, where it is a, a culture that is not necessarily accepting of uh, a lot of those things. And so for her to kind of like being paving the way as a character on screen, but also in kind of representation, like kind of like the true, like the true, Americanized dynamic where, where in, in the sense that not, not that American philosophy, that we are also kind of prudish Puritan in our, in our ideas of sex. So she's actually, but taking the opportunity and to break free in all the right ways. So yes, I think she's a more interesting character in the beginning. I kind of wanted just a little example of the true division. It, it's so funny because we're, we're able to, and I think um, appropriately allowed to make fun of white people in a very particular way. And the fact that Audrey has white parents, you know, they're all very affectionate. You know, they're like, oh my God, we're so happy for you. And they hug her. And the par- the Asian parents are kind of confused. And Lolo turns to them and she goes, white people. But honestly, Lolo strikes me as somebody who might also be wanting that. But but they don't use that at, at any point for her character. There is no like intimacy and tenderness like between her and her her parents, which is missing. But they don't treat that that as that maybe that's a negative. I I wanted with all the characters, and I'm not saying that this is not on the performance. This is just in the 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 confines of the creativity, the characterization of the script. Every single character needed more. Needed yeah. more idiosyncrasies. Needed a little more 
contrast and complications within their familial dynamics. It all seemed very clean until it needed to not be. Even between the friends, it was like clean except for the two, Lolo and uh, Kat, who don't like each other because they're competing for a jealousy between Audrey's yeah. best friendship. And even that culminates, you know, when when the low point of the script comes, it's kind of annoying. I, I Because it's not really set up very well it's just it's needed it's just needed in the formula the trajectory of the story and i don't know it's again it's this hesitation to make people unpleasant a little unpleasant a little more real this is kind of operating in a fantasy realm of friendship like you know a paternal you know a, a platonic friendship dynamic i don't know I, I again i wanted just more from this in all the ways but i just i i do think that one thing we are missing sure. is the extent to which none of these movies right are willing to have people be built around people who are actually unpleasant i know right who are it's actually unfortunate who are actually unpleasant yeah. people right i mean if you think about the hangover they're all not um they're not pleasant people but even even the they're ha- charming in some ways, but they but like Bradley Cooper's character is an asshole, and we and unapologetically so. But even then, there's something about their sort of friendship or their buddiness that is supposed to be kind of redeeming in some way, mm-hmm. and we're still supposed to kind of like them. Yeah, at the end. I mean, I mean that's part of the reason. I mean, we just we just talked about on your other show. We just talked about Rushmore. I mean, that's a movie yeah. centered on like unpleasant people. Yeah, right. Like people who are actually, Max is incredibly unpleasant. People who are actually unpleasant. Yeah, and mining their unpleasantness for humor. Right. Like what is what is, and it's like even when they do something positive, it's a real struggle for them. Uh huh. Yeah. Right? It's a real struggle for them to like not do something and, terrible. And then they respond also to toxic behavior towards them. Like uh we 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 talked about the when when uh when Bloom gets uh, the bees in his apartment, his new home, and he has this smile on his face cuz it's like something he feels like maybe he deserves or like this is the the dynamic he's like immature in that sort of way. We talked about that that he is also kind of stunted in a kind of growth. He's stuck. And it's it's interesting because they they are doing unpleasant things to each other even even as friends and um, but friends will do that friends friends can get caught up in in a divide in a contrast of what they imagine the world to be is you know for for each other and so I, yeah I just I just needed and it, this you're right this is this is unfair of me to say i needed more out of joyride i just need more out of movies in general I, and i and i i can see why joyride got made you know in in a kind of pitch meeting idea you you serve that up it's like oh we also have this diversity touch to to a very formulaic traditional idea of yeah. the r comedy yeah and honestly i mean I will say this, like, unlike some of the movies we review, I mean, first of all, I, I unbalanced like this movie. Like, I still, yeah. I enjoyed watching it. Like, I got pleasure out of watching it. I, I didn't for, get displeasure. For, what, for, sure. for whatever for whatever shortcomings it might have. And yeah, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad sure. it exists. Like, we, like, there should be, you know, they're going to make a bunch of movies. Most of them are going to be fine. Some of them will be terrible. Some of them will be great. Most of them are going to be fine. And some of those fine movies should 
have different kinds of people in them and just be targeted at different people who are for whom this stuff will land in a different kind of way. Yeah. Right. For, for whom this stuff will resonate for whom it will just be nice to see someone on the screen that looks like them. Yeah. Looks different. No, absolutely. That's totally, that's totally a legitimate reason for things to exist and for them to succeed. And I hope they succeed. And you get four different variations of it because they are distinct. Because I'll take, I'll take uh, all the, I'll take the fucking joy rides over the, the Marvel movies, right? I'll take the joy rides off this shit i I would much rather have them make more like our comedies than more like you know more like (sighs) movies that are like supposed like that are special effects driven and like are supposed you know you know it's funny because those movies are designed to quote-unquote play well in china right because uh they're just so non-verbal right they're so they're so devoid of words i did have this conversation with someone the other day is like to value joyride which to conceive of its budget larger than 30 million dollars would be uh i don't i don't think a possibility not just because of the cash it's because of uh you know of of the scope and scale of it and compare that 10 times 10 10 of those Ten of those to make one Indiana Jones movie, three hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we need more of these kinds of movies. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to bag on it in a sense of critical nature and tell you not to go see it because I actually do. Th- I agree with you. I do think it's enjoyable. I think it's breezy. I think uh, it has a good, it has good actors and personalities, and that that goes a long way for an hour and a half, and 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 it's short. And then you have a two-and-a-half-hour movie that costs $300 million, and that's bombing, and that's just failing at the box office. And that just... And that just and that watching it is like the cinematic equivalent of having, you know, your feet encased in concrete, right? I mean, it just, <laughs> it just feels... Yeah. It just slows you down, right? It it's like... Ironically, it's it's like um, making bad decisions at like a Chinese buffet, right? It's just you leave it feeling sluggish. You leave yes. it you leave it feeling less good about yourself and about the world. You leave it feeling like actually that that's unfair to the Chinese buffet because at least at the Chinese buffet, there's gonna be like a lot of pleasure along the way. You're gonna eat all these delicious things that you know are not good for you. You're, you're thinking you know more gonna... hometown buffet. Oh, yeah, hometown buffet. <laughs> I haven't been to a hometown buffet in a, in a minute. As the I haven't been to a Chinese buffet. But to be honest, like I, I'm no longer in a position where a buffet is really a good value proposition no, for me. No. I will occasionally indulge in an Indian lunch buffet. And uh, mm. hopefully show some restraint there. That's a that's always a quality buffet option, yeah. right? But in terms of like the, I'm talking about, I'm thinking about the big old school. There's actually one near my old apartment where it was just like a huge, right? Just like had to yeah. be like sixty dishes plus like a a stir fry station, and it's just it's just a lot of bad decisions that can be made. And, oh, and yeah. at a at a previous point in my life, I would go and I'd make those decisions. I don't I don't do that anymore. Friend my, of mine, we my went, system can't handle it. We went to a buffet and they proceeded to have like orange chicken, some other kind of dish, and uh, for their drink chose chocolate milk. Oh god! Uh, can you oh, imagine? God. Can you imagine the <laughs> oh god the travesties? I hope I, I, I hope that there was a defibrillator, one of those one of those ads or whatever nearby. Jesus Christ! Yeah. But I, I guess, so, so yes, this movie does not have that effect. It's breezy. It's fun. Uh, there's nothing about it. You know, I found the melodrama at the end kind of emotionally affecting, even though it was 
Totally. Uh, I, was Although a little I quick. actually thought I actually it was a little quick, but I, I thought the twist was actually a real twist. I did not foresee that twist of her actually being Korean. Like Korean. I, did, I didn't, I did not foresee that. Well, but but it's it, it, it's not. And I actually it's think not, I actually think one of the better jokes in the movie is when all the Chinese people at after they, it's been revealed she's Korean, yeah. like of course she's Korean. Look at her face, which I thought was like a very funny little yeah. kind of needling at because they were positive with her and now they were yeah, negative. Yeah, yeah. Which but, but which, now that they were sure she wasn't, that nobody thought she was Korean, and then at the end. Ex post facto, they're like, of course she's. We look at her. I thought that was a when, effective when they're when Dead Eye yells at the family. I needed it to be more explicit that because she's like, can everyone stop being racist? Honestly, the 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 racism in Asian countries and especially in China is uh, out of control. Well, well, out of control. Well, one of the funniest features of the the joke and this movie sort of hints at it but doesn't really get at it this joke that like you come to america and we can't tell people from northeast asia apart koreans chinese japanese people you know you it's hard for someone who doesn't have experience with people from no, those yeah. cultures to yeah. tell to tell people apart um and so we just lump these people into this group of asian yeah right? yeah these are three countries where there is real hatred right real historical hatred right Particularly between China and Japan, right? Yes, These are two yeah. countries that do not that have deep historical grievance with each other. They do, like so. So the fact that they come here and we, you see the same thing with to a lesser extent, right? But it's like it's funny how like you know Indians and Pakistani people often end up living like in close proximity to each other yeah, in America, yes, yeah. despite having had brutal conflict with each other for you know many years now, an yeah. ongoing conflict ongoing, with each other, yeah. right? So you have this this. You know, it's funny that you have a country, you know, China, a country with one and a half billion people, right? Probably, you know, five, six times the number of people there than in the United States. Get, gets, which itself is a hugely diverse country, right? It's not like, you know, you think about America and we think about all our, our internal diversity, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's not like every part of China is the same as every other part of no, China, right? No, it's true. Right, so you a hugely complex and diverse country, right? And then we we sort of lump them with you know, um, you know people like like who like I said who have legitimate long standing. I always tell this joke, right? But I, you know, you go to the Chinese National Museum in Beijing, and you read the the signs by the artifacts, and they always say, "Well, we had way more of these vases, but the Chinese took or the Japanese took them from mm-hmm. us." Right? I mean, this is. Just, this like in the museum yeah, yeah right so so there's no question you know they're not they're not hiding how they feel definitely not they're and also it's very so funny for two groups of people that once you once in the eyes of most americans like yeah they're from they're those yeah. are asians well no and they must, and they must be in it together so they, ex- must, they must like each other apparently it expounds beyond that apparently they're very racist against black people uh like there's a a running uh national ad for laundry detergent, where they put a black person into the laundry detergent, yes. comes out as a Chinese person. Thanks. Well, and I mean, I I don't know though. I, I but here's here's one thing I will say, just in this vein. One thing I really liked about the movie is mm-hmm. I thought it was a very warm and realistic portrayal of China as a place. It it definitely I, I, wanted to be. Yes. I thought and, and in succeed. Well, well yeah. but I mean, like obviously, it's not. You know, we're, we're not going to mistake this for a documentary or even like an epic. Um, serious film but like the china that is portrayed there is a is the china that i experienced when i Mm -hmm. went to the country which is a place that is 
the home to a very ancient culture and a very a very sort of diverse culture, right? Where it's not just yeah, absolutely. You know, we we, we live in this time of ratcheting up tension towards China, which I think is very bad on multiple levels for multiple reasons, but. I think it's always important. I mean, this is a big country with a lot of people, and they're just they're living their lives like you or me or like anyone. Yes, yeah. which is not to undersell any any um, negative currents that exist in the country racially, no, no. any sort of um, problematic attitudes that people have, whatever. But just to say that you know, one of the things that I hate the most about living in America is the is the American exception that we always grant ourselves. Yeah, we get to be complicated. We get to have complicated intentions. We get to be the ones who you know, people should see in the better light, right? And then every other country, it's just sort of the worst we can think of them, For right? Sure. Like, yeah. you know, uh, and so so to have a portrayal just of it, it is just like, here's a normal place with like normal people living their lives and they got family and they're doing this and they're doing that. To me, that's, portrayals like that are valuable because I think that uh, it's, we're, we're approaching the point where China today is becoming one of these places, and China has been one of these places to some extent, you know, red China for my whole life. Yeah. What the Soviet Union was in the 80s, right? This country that becomes this big and scary idea, mm-hmm. right? And I think that it's never a good idea to reduce whole countries to, like, this big and scary idea. The whole, you know, Soviet Union is the evil empire thing. Like, I think we're heading in that direction. For sure. We're headed. We're we there are. with Russia. Yeah. Uh, again, right? Again. You know, everything yeah. that's old is new again. Uh, you know, was Ecclesiastes, all this has happened before, and all, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that those attitudes are always worth resisting because I think that they uh, paint with, you know, I, I think the extent to which we kind of try to embrace places as as textured and, you know, complicated and, you know, multifaceted, and to see them in some broader historical context, they're like, well, there. This is one thing, you know. This is a civilization that's existed for five thousand years. It has had this particular government for a relatively short amount of time, right? The the extent to which we try to think about these places and portray these places in that way, I think, is positive. And, and I, I think it's important, right? Because I, I just like I said, I think, you know, we we there is the danger of thinking of your own place as like the only complicated place. And this is a particular problem with Americans is thinking like, well, this is, you know, this is the place where it's like complicated and nuanced and, you know, you know, it's like, you know, uh, you know, Russia does something or China does something. That's one thing and it's evil, but we invade Iraq and Afghanistan. It's like, well, you know, nine 11 happened and we, we really were trying to do our best and da, 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 da. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's good to it's good to be consistent right and to try to extend to everyone uh the um the Some courtesy the courtesy of trying yeah. of trying to just see things for what they are right yeah. in their sort of nuance and complexity versus just sort of thinking of this giant country with you know yeah. with one and a half billion people as just this kind of monolithic, dangerous yeah, kind yeah, of the, place where it's like, oh, it's really bad well, over and, there. And I love movies that embrace a different place for for what they are and for what 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 you can get out of it culturally or sonically or visually. Um, a better one that comes to mind is how 
is is how like Crazy Rich Asians took us to like Singapore. And there's just such there's so much going on. Oh in that yeah, movie. In, in just a, a beautiful locales and obviously a very high class, you know, a high class experience. But with, with that in mind, like this one does take us to get a kind of on the ground experience with uh, with people. Come on in. Yeah, you guys can just jump in. No, jump into the conversation. We're talking about jo- joyride. Join the, the conversation. China. It's. It's a joy. It's a joy ride. It's a, always a joy ride with you, you guys. Keep, keep it all in. Keep this. Keep this all. So that's how everybody be cool. Works. This is a robbery. <laughs> We're being robbed. Any of you fucking pricks move. <laughs> anyway, have fun. Thank you. Who do you? Who do you want? You you can be Tim Roth, and I'll be Amanda. Yeah, Paul. I'm Tim yeah, Roth. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 Honey Bunny. I'm into that. I'm I'm Honey you're, Bunny. You're not into him now. That's terrible. I know. Close that door. <laughs> Not into me now. Um, but if you were Tim Roth. If I was Honey Bunny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could uh, do that. I could rob a bank with a phone, I guess. I guess we're saying uh, the same thing. Oh, uh, no, no. I, I, yeah, I just want to make it clear that I, I do like this on the ground. I, I do like that they, even though they go to a club and that the, that the people that they experience are, you know, even the business guy is young and that she she hit, you know, hit that. But he's concerned about family and culture and like, you know, it, it, like who he does business with. And then you get to Lolo's family, his, her grandparents. And while, while they turn, they, they turn on her, on uh, Audrey because she's Korean and kind of joke fair. There is a, there is a sense of kinship and like welcoming and like there's some, there, as you said, it's a warmness. But but also just cinematically, like I like that sequence with the family. There's it's it's very I like I like sequences like that where there's a lot going on, and a lot of characters, of, a lot of texture. Yeah, 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 I like stuff like like it felt, um, it felt like a real place with real th- like that felt like a real family gathering. Yes, yeah. right, and it had and it had so it, I, just like. You know, obviously, that's not really what the movie's going for, right? Like, it's not like meant to be this kind of slice of life thing. But that felt very slice of life, and I liked it for what it was. Yeah, and I thought that, um, you know, I I thought that 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 part had had good energy. Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to say, right? When you look at a movie, you think, "Well, I wish that were funnier." Well, for some people, it probably was funnier, right? You know, it's, I think for some people, I mean, there was a, a couple people having a. I just saw it today. I just saw it. Oh, wow. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. I, I saw, saw it in the that. afternoon. Uh, right, Friday right before Matinee. we met up. Yeah. And I just didn't. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I was supposed to have two podcasts this weekend. It was really busy. We were moving around. A lot of plates spinning in the air. Um, didn't get a time until today. And there were it, not a lot of people in my theater. It was Monday afternoon. And, uh, and but, but there were a couple people who were having a great time. And I, it, it's interesting because, like, sometimes when someone's having a much more enjoyable experience than I am, it kind of grates if I don't find it necessarily as funny. But I could see, see a lot of these sequences, while it wasn't, like, hilarious to me, it was more of a, like, you know, a, a chuckle here or there. I, I get why it would be funnier to some people. Like the 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 framework is accessible. The delivery is good enough. I don't know. Like the drug sequence on the train was a little. Uh, it was a little too almost. I if we were gonna go that absurd, I wanted the more of the movie to go into that kind of absurd realm. I, I didn't think. I didn't think the point where she she takes the in the sex sequence. I did find some of the aspects of that funny. Like. I like them making the sounds at each other. That was fun. And I yeah. liked when she puts the massager on his pelvis. 
Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm thinking about it. It's making me laugh because that's absurd, right? Like, I want you to feel this. It's just she takes the the like the massage gun and she puts it on his junk, and like yeah. obviously, uh, it's not the same experience for him. Uh, to put it mildly. And then I do like the, the denouement of that sequence where he comes out yelling at them and they're all just like hobbled. They've just been destroyed by these girls. Sexually, yeah. And he's just like, my team. <laughs> like, it's just like guys, just like a bunch of guys fucked up. Uh, you got, I, yeah, I, you had the devil's three way. You had the massage gun, gone wrong, and then you had uh, the yeah, just just kind of a, a kinship of weirdness uh, of noises at each other, and yeah, yeah, no, it, it was very typical. It was um, oh, and then the dance off. That's that's what hobbles the other the, guy. the other guys. The BTS, by, the, Kore- by, the the K pop dance off, by the dance off. So I mean, that, there were aspects of that that got a good laugh out of me that really worked. Yeah. So yeah, I I mean, it's fun. I really like um I'm excited to see to see what these people will do in the future. I mean I Steph, Stephanie Sue has obviously yeah, I saw already it. punched her own ticket in some ways. I mean she's an Oscar now. I, for, I forget right? her last name. Sherry something who plays Lolo and Stephanie Sue uh are gonna be in that Randall Park directed movie did you see the trailer for shortcomings no no the, I, I got there as late as possible uh, so actually that 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 one looks promising because it's based off a graphic novel about being an Asian American experience um one of those kind of, it almost almost like Harvey what was his name Harvey, Harvey Picar. Picar yeah it's it's very re it seems like a very realistic um rendition on the comic book fair but uh it's 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 a live action adaptation of it and it's it's about the questions of being Asian American, about being lesbian. Um, I think the Lolo character plays that in in shortcomings, and it looks it, that when I saw the trailer for that, I'm like, oh, that's what I want out of a out of this kind of comedy. I, mean, I want I, that. I, mean, I really liked her. Like I thought, that yeah, just, no, she I was just, very I mean, good. She had a real sort of magnetic energy, and that's definitely was someone who I watched, and I was like, yeah, I would, I would, I'd go see a movie to see this person. Yeah, like she, her, she really. I mean, yeah, the movie could have been sexier in some ways, even though it has, like, sex and sex talk. But even then, like, uh, her character had, like, a, a sexuality that was palpable and felt genuine. Palpable, and, modern, and- real. Like, it's it it, It's not, again, you do, you do need a balance. And her character, even though she's, like, creating art that is pr- provocative, like a licking cat or, like, penis. What is it? The playground. Shoots and ladders. The, yeah, the, it's the, like the a playground. penis it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a replica of their childhood <laughs> playground, but everything is, like, it's a like sex organ. A sex organ, yeah. Um, and, and those things are just, like, kind of funny visually. But but we we know characters who are body positive in the in this kind of way. Like th- this is a realistic sort of person uh, who is provocative, but also kind of like calling people out on it and like you know pushing them a little bit, questioning. The, these are the she is the kind of character you relish in these kinds of comedies, and she plays it very well. And so uh, yeah, I, I'm not like hard negative on this movie at all. It's just, I just feel the hesitation with comedy these days. And I, I, I feel like we, we've been in an era of comedic hesitation for a long time. Yeah, although, I mean, it's that, I feel like that narrative has gone a little overwrought, right? This is like, you can't make this movie now. You well, can't make that movie. You can't even make that. that joke now. It's not even that. I, I, I that fe- to me has become its own marketing tactic, right? For sure. From the, like... You know, and I, you know, from like a certain kind of comedian, like, you know, or I guess Rogan's not really a comedian anymore, but whatever he is or Chappelle, where it's like, 
you can't say that, but I'm going to say that. And that's why I'm different. It's like, to me, that's just a, I, like, it's, it's just, you know, everyone's, you know, everyone's trying to market themselves. Right. But to me, that has become like oh, the yeah. PC police gone too far thing has just become another marketing tactic and I, that I find like, okay, whatever. I don't even think it's that like that. That's not how I'm trying to you know engage. I'm talking yeah, about, right? oh, oh, absolutely. It's, it's everywhere. Everyone's like, oh, it's too woke these days. Oh yeah, no, yeah, we can't make it. Everyone's so hesitant. We can't make blazing saddles these days. I just want to say the N word. Uh, that's that's essentially their attitude. Yeah, no hard R. I can do that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's just, okay. It's exhausting. That that element is exhausting. It's exhausting, I'll tell you, though, to be in the middle of it. There's legitimately some people who just don't want, like, any sort of... The risk-averse attitude towards comedy where it has to be kind of slanted-oriented. And then you have the other people who are, like, taking that on as some kind of calling card. It's exhausting to be in the middle where I, I do feel a little risk, uh, and, and this this goes to storytelling in general, maybe this movie could have benefited in the realm of comedy if it just was going beyond the formula. Because it's so formulaic. like and, and that's how it was pitched, that's how it was bought, and it's yeah, not yeah, against yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, Asian hangover, Asian yeah, Asian Bridesmaids. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's, that's, and of course the counter to that is say, well, that's how it gets made. Yeah. Right. If it's no, I get it. If it's I get it. You 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 do the one notch over, and that's how you can say, well, it'll appeal to everyone. It's not too specific. Whatever. Blah 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 blah. I mean, we're we're clearly in the middle of something, right? I I don't want to discount that there's, you know, some sort of cultural moment that this conversation about like wokeness or whatever is getting at, right? I don't want to say that that's not the case, but I just think that. You know, we've gotten to the point where, I mean, I wrote about this, something sort of tangential to this on in my newsletter recently where it's, uh-huh. yeah. there's just this, there's just this sense, this isn't quite what I said there, but there's just something very inflamed about everything in yeah. a way that's, that is way more heat than light, right? You know, when someone starts talking about how they, they favor... You know, there was there was a write up in the Times about about Vivek's presidential campaign and how it's like how a big sales pitch for a lot of these Republican candidates is like how are they are how much they are against wokeism. Like I feel like some something something has kind of there's something about that whole thread that bespeaks of a culture that's not doing great. No, no, not right very because well. because it's. It's so, and I mean, I guess this just goes back to my my crude Marxist materialism, where it's just, you know, I just, how can that be the thing, uh-huh. right? How can that be the thing for you that you're sitting there with your standard of living decreasing, with your access to healthcare poor, and you're sitting there saying, you know what the problem is, <laughs> right? <laughs> that yeah, that I can't say the n word, right? Yeah. Like it's just, it's just it's hard for me, right? And it. It does seem to, you know, and 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 it is, and it is going to lead in some cases to some sort of a, 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 a tokenism, right? A corporate tokenism that is sort of bizarre, right? I mean, the thing that I think so so interesting or so funny about like something like some trans panic around who's on a Bud Light can is is <laughs> is know. any trans person feeling good about that outside of the one that got paid to do it right because if you got paid to do it you have every right to feel good about it get secure your bag right but is i is the trans people like thank god right no i mean oh. they know they're being pandered to i know just the way that happened i mean 
I mean, the reason that we saw all this corporate pride uptake is because corporations eventually had to to deal with the fact that gay people have a lot of money or enough yeah, gay pe- yeah. not not all gay people, but there's enough gay people who have enough money that it's worth it to try to get their money, yeah. right? And that's what it is. And corporations are going to try to make money. That's what they do. Yeah. That is their, in fact, their legal obligation, right? If you're a public corporation, you have a legal public, obligation yes, to your is. shareholders to maximize your profit. So that's what you're doing. And nobody's going to feel any better about that, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it reminds you know, Barbara Ehrenreich, breast cancer. You know, I, I live in a, f- a family. I'm married to someone for whom breast cancer looms very large. Mm. Uh, Barbara Ehrenreich has a great piece of herself, a breast cancer survivor, and, and, now, and she's now passed. Rest in rest in power, Barbara. But you know about pink washing and Susan G. Komen and all this stuff. Just yeah. a blistering piece about like who, who, what, what this is, and where the money goes, and what it pays for, and what it doesn't pay for, and how all these corporations giving money to Susan Komen and the biggest breast cancer sort of fundraiser conveniently is not investigating or not calling attention to the fact that, you know, environmental pollutants released by those corporations might be playing some role mm. in the increase in cancer rates. Yeah. So so we live in this this time of just there's just a lot of things that feel very degraded, right? You know, including both sides of a fight between like Bud Light or Dis- Bud Light and Disney on one side and Ron DeSantis on the other about wokeism. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's it's very it's very hard for me to look at that fight and like pick a pick a fave. No, yeah. Right? I'm, I'm I am definitely I'm, even though my view my views are... on these things are very strong, yeah. right? I have a I have you know, I have a really no patience right for yeah. people who you know have any particular negative view about trans people like yeah. i really have no patience for it but but i don't think that um you know whoever owns anheuser inbev whatever whatever yeah. dutch corporation or whoever belgian corporation that owns anheuser bush now uh, that them engaging in some marketing ploy based on how they've triangulated where their market is in this age is is going to um improve the world yeah so so we can't look to these corporations um for help they're going to go where they think the money is but uh i do think it's you know from the perspective of entertainment i'm happy to see it because yeah let's 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 get some shit that's different at least right let's get some shit that's yeah, different because uh, you know it, i mean some of these things are gonna like i said i think this is good not great some of this shit's gonna be great some of it's gonna be bad whatever yeah. it was ever thus yeah, and, Sorry, and I'm totally rambling. No, I don't no, know no, fuck no. I'm talking about. You no, know, you know what you're talking about because I, I'm I definitely feel that frustration. How can you choose a side or a fave? Like obviously you're going to lean in favor of the people who are like clearly being opportunistic about their their stance and the the cultural idea that that our kids are in danger. I'm I'm having a very uh, a very frustrated time with. Uh, knowing anybody who is sort of right leaning and voicing everything, everything is endangerment to the kids. Yes. And so they're trying to, you know, use that in, in, in a sense of wokeism, in a sense of teaching yeah, our well, children cause, and cause entertaining wanna, our children. Everything's because well, they want to call themselves they want to call themselves people who love freedom. Yeah, right. So the only way you can square the circle is saying, "Well, I love freedom." Yes. but these people need to not be free. Yeah, is yeah. to invent a harm. Yeah, right. One hundred percent. Because because. because um, I mean, the core of liberalism 
right? And by that, I don't mean like American, like Cla- left liberalism. It's classical, classical liberalism, liberalism yeah. is, you know, John Stuart Mill and the harm principle, right? If it doesn't harm someone, you let someone do it. Yeah. That's just, that is the, the there is nothing more core to the idea of liberalism. I'm, I'm a classical liberalist in, the, in that, that kind the, of principle sense. This, yes. this is it. This is the key principle. Yeah. Right? Is that if there is no harm, you d- they can do it. Yeah. Right. No harm to others. Right. You yeah. can harm yourself. Right. Yes. You can do things that are harmful to yes. yourself. Yes. Right. And there's you know we can debate about how much harm to the self. And there's still, there's always debates on the margins of these things. Yeah. But like consensual adult sexual activity is never going to fall into any reasonable definition Absol- of what should be not. what should be forbidden in a yeah. in a liberal classically liberal society. Yes. Right. So what do you have to do? You have to invent harm, and yeah. you invent harm to children, right? Because children are vulnerable, and because you can always say it's about the kids. Yeah, that's always the ultimate trump card. I hate it. Is it's it's the kids. It's gonna hurt. Very the kids. frustrating. How's it gonna hurt the kids? Angry. I don't know. That's gonna hurt the kids. Yeah, it's it just is, and it's so unquestioned. And so I'm frustrated with the dynamic. And and uh, wh- why? What does this have to do with Joyride? Well, it has some to do with comedy and like the debate about comedy and what the value in comedy is, and 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 where 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 are we going to find you know the uh, the the accurate voices the you know to propel voices that are a little a, a more engaged in a sense of risk, but also not not taking it to the way that that this this other side and what they pro, the proponents of like PC or anti PC attitudes. Again, there are very funny people out there who are not very PC and uh, doing very well, and not also engaged in a sense of like being a provo- like a nasty, dim witted provocateur on that on that yeah. question. I mean, I, and so with, with this corporate product, which that's what Joyride yeah, is, yeah. you're not going to get much out, much more out of it. But I do appreciate that it has a sense of differentiation. It has a different representation. It has a different specific culture, and through that, you get a, something a little different. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the way I'd try to land the plane from this long digression <laughs> would be to say that I think that a movie like joyride illustrates the both the promise and the shortcomings of this moment yes, right which is yeah, that it'll yeah. get made because it's getting made and the money's coming from people who are you know liberal people who want to be on the right side of questions of diversity right and who want to open up the space for this kind of a depiction of asian americans that is multifaceted that has them both exploring kind of particular stereotypes about them, but also characters that reject those stereotypes, characters that fit themselves in in different ways around those stereotypes. Because you have sort of the one who's successful in a traditional way. You have the one who's successful in a kind of a non-traditional way. You have the one who's like not successful and has kind of built herself around rejection of these values. And then you have the one who's just whose life is just weird and completely orthogonal to all that stuff. That's the yeah. four characters, right? Yeah. You've got you've got the model minority successful lawyer. You've got the super successful actor. You've got the artist who is still works in her family's restaurant, kind of doesn't give a shit. And you've got just the one who's just like a weirdo. The cave, cave pop nerd yeah you've got you've got the whatever the you know zach galifianakis character yes, right yes right so 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 you get that but it still is going to be hemmed in by the formulas of hollywood the ultimate risk aversion of people with money right they'll take they, they want to go but they only want to go just so far so far yeah and the way they go only just so far is by changing just one thing yeah right as a, yeah. they're going to stick to the formula but they're going to change this one thing and it's going to feel good enough to be different and good enough to satisfy their liberal desire to be promoting diversity, but it's not really going to like rock the boat. Right. Yeah. Or be like, 
way out of left field. And that is a kind of limited but real progress that is afforded to us given this moment and the constraints. Yes. And then and there are going to be movies like past lives out there that are much, much further on at the tip of the spear. Yeah. Right. They're going to be at the point of the tip of the spear doing things that are really interesting and different and exciting. And then you're going to have things that kind of come in behind that that are just fine. Yeah. But but, but do represent something positive and that's good. Yeah. And, and I will say, I think on that note, Something like Joyride, we we just need more movies kind of in this budgetary concern, this yeah, kind yeah. of storytelling let's, let's make, scope. Let's make some of this shit. We, we, we need more take of Take all the swings. Yeah, take right? take, take, take more them swings. all. Take yeah. them all, right? And some of them will be good, and some of them will suck, and some of them will be great, and whatever. Yeah. But, it does but, not but all have to be... make these movies, please. Yeah. Right? Make these fucking movies, yeah. because, like, just give us something. Yeah. Right? Because at least, at least, you know, it's not... I mean, because I will say, like, that convert was seeing the Indiana Jones movie and having that conversation was demoralizing. Yes. It was demoralizing. And this movie, yeah, I, could it have been more? Sure. Do I wish it were better? Sure. It, could it have had more laughs? Could it have kind of had characters that were a little rougher around the edges and a little more jagged and a little more weird? Like, actually weird as opposed to, like, just kind of weird in a very specific kind of movie way? Of course, it could have had all those things, yeah. and that might have taken it from being what it is to something that we was that would be great, and we would revisit, and we'd want to see again, and we'd be really enthusiastically trumpeting to everyone. Of course, of course, yeah. that could have happened, yeah. right? Of course, that could happen. And in the fullness of time, if they make enough movies like this, they, it will happen, and we'll be able to get super excited about yeah. it. Yeah, and it'll be great. But you know, you gotta you gotta walk before you can run, and. <laughs> um, and you know, joy joyride will will ride you know at a at a leisurely pace, maybe so someone else can can sort yeah. of sprint ahead it's, in a in a in a uh, a Lamborghini. Yeah, it's not unenjoyable. So I I, I don't want my like fr my personal frustrations about like the state of things, state of comedy, state of the industry to reflect on a, a complete negative attitude on this movie. You know, it is formulaic. It's not aspiring to anything beyond it. But within the formula, you have some credible actors, some interesting characters, and enough that uh, their dynamic is contrasted well. You get some humor. You get you get uh, some absurdity. And uh, as, as Ben said, you know, you come to kind of an emotional kind of crux to it. And while I think it's kind of conveniently plotted and, and delivered... Uh, you know, it it sustains with you know if you like that character, you like that performance, which I think if you spend a lot of time with any of these these gals, uh, you end up liking them, and that's honestly the most important thing about it. So, hundred uh, percent, yeah, Joyride okay. is fine. It's fine. great. Yeah, good job, good conversation. That's Kyle. Thank you. I know movies, and you don't give him money. He needs it badly. He's got a shelf just in the middle of his room. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's just, it's looming. It's true. It's looming. It, it'll be gone. It's looming over <laughs> us like, uh, like a bad, like a, it's just got, it's, it's kind of a angry sort of reddish orangish. It's, it's like a Billy bookcase gone wrong. It might be a variant. It might be a Billy, uh, <laughs> but it is, it is looming over me. Um, and and adding yeah. adding a slight energy of this being a place where people are descending into drug addiction. So <laughs> Kyle needs your money. Please subscribe to his Patreon. It's true. I know movies and you don't. You can subscribe for free 
and get really most of the content. I should do more paid content at Dead Reckoner. Deadreckoner.substack.com. Yeah. Or you can go to thedeadreckoner.com, which will reroute you to that website. Yeah. And you can give me some money, but you don't have to give your money to Kyle first. 100%. He needs it. Uh, I want him to be okay. <laughs> I want him to be okay. Thank you so much for listening to us. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle. We'll we'll do another one, I think, relatively soon for Mission Impossible. We gotta do but, the we uh, gotta go on that impossible mission. Yeah. Are you caught up? Have you seen all of them? I don't know, sure. <laughs> what, I mean, does it matter? Did you see the one with Henry Cavill? Does it matter which one I've seen? No, truthfully. They no. go on missions. They go they're, on missions. They're, yeah. they're impossible and but they still do them. They still do them. We got oh. Ving Rames. Got yeah. Simon Pegg. That's true. Know. Yeah, that's Whatever, true. They're good. they're returning. Can no, I, very exciting. Can I can I press the button to stop it this yeah, time? Yeah, of course. Okay. You guys, uh, it's been up to date, Cinephile. We love you. Love you. Uh, have a great life. You too.